wonder what the doctor does smell like if he even has a smell. Burning. <laughs> Probably not, right? Like I hope he smells like they describe the angel Michael as smelling in the movie Michael. Like he just smells like whatever women want. Popcorn. Whatever their favorite smell is. She just smells like chocolate chip cookies or some shit. But that means for somebody out there, sweaty balls would be the answer, probably. That's Can true. we just get going? Nope. We we are going. We're having a deep this conversation. This is the episode, Chris. Oh, yeah, this oh is I it. know. This is the episode. But we haven't even gotten the summary. All right, let me do we it. We haven't gotten the intro. Talk about stink. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Don't don't worry. I've got plenty of inappropriate jokes to make, Jake, so we'll have plenty of chances to do this. Oh, nice. no. It's going to be one All right. of those days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. You didn't know that as soon as you saw this episode? No. Oh, it's okay. very sweet and romantic for Valentine's Day. Yeah, no, not once I'm done with it. Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. Chris. And another Jake. No, it's Ames. Shit. <laughs> he looks so pleased. <laughs> uh, we're here for episode 251. Holy. Yeah, no, we've officially crossed into madness. Like, it's like if we were crazy cat women, it's like when you finally get over five cats, it's a slippery slope into disaster. That's where I we are had- now. My family at one point had 10 cats. Oh, well, how many people? Four. Oh, that's okay. That's only, it's only 2.5 cats per person. Yeah, yeah. I, I worked at a humane society and would just fall in love with cats and bring them home. <laughs> oh my God, Chris, could I start volunteering at a shelter? No. Damn it. That's all right. I Basically, now that the drawbridge is open, I'm just going to bring home cats whenever I want. I don't have to ask anymore. It's just going to happen. Yes. Yeah, that's just how it's going to be. Don't tell Chris. I'm sure he won't hear this. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's right there. He's going to edit this. I'm He's going to hear this again. twice or three times. <laughs> oh, God. So many times. All right. Well, anyway, I know you probably, from what we've already gotten into, thought this was cat week, but it's not. It's, it's a regular week old week here week. on... huh? Every week is cat week. That's because Neelix kind of, he's kind of cat-like. I don't know. Anyway, we're here to talk about two episodes of Star Trek The Voyager. This week, we're going to discuss life signs and investigations. In life signs, the Enterprise, I mean Voyager, the Voyager picks up a distress signal from a Vidian craft, but when they hail, there's no response. So they beam... uh, They fire immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Destroy the scab <laughs> monster on board. <laughs> nope, they uh, they beam aboard their phaged friend and uh, discovered that it is a, a lady Vidian. And while the doctor has given her the once over, if you know what I mean, he discovers that she's got some kind of weird implant in her head, her headspace that's like downloading her brain and shit. And uh, she's dying. So he thinks, well, what I could do is I could, if I could utilize the the uh, positronic blah, 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 whatever, and make her into a hologram and put her brain thoughts into her hologram body. Well, uh, I would have a date for the Sydney, Sydney Hopkins. What is it? Sadie Hopkins. Sadie Hopkins? Yes. The dance. I'd have a date for the dance, for the under the sea dance. And also maybe we can save her life. And uh, so that's what he does. And so she goes from being a disgusting pickled scab <laughs> to actually kind of a hot girl with a, a sexy ridge forehead. I don't think we've ever seen what a Vidian looks like before, but I'll tell you, it was doing it for me. Ooh. Um, 
Yeah, I was into it. And our first, what do you call it, problem in, in the show? Inciting Maria. incidents. Conflict. First conflict. There you go. Thanks. First contact. For our first conflict uh, in this episode is that uh, the doctor needs some Klingon brain because Klingon brain works good with Vidian brain. And if he wants to try to save uh, her name, by the way, is Dinara. If he wants to try to save Dinara, he wants a, a little bit of Balana's brain. And at first she's all like, hell no, I'm not giving that phage fiend my brain cells. I need those. And Delana or Dinara, Dinara, let me try Ooh. again. Dinara, instead of being, oh God, that would be like a Tuvix episode, except it would be Balana and Dinara. Oh God, um, the forehead. It would be so huge. God, huge. <laughs> fucking six head. We go right over five head and just get right into six. Be like if Marge Simpson actually had like, Oh my God, if her whole head was that all shape? The hair. Oh, it's I hate it. Really Thanks, weird. I fucking hate it. But uh, she's, you know, she's like, listen, I understand that what you th- went through was terrible. And uh, if you don't want to do it, I'd understand. And Torres is like, OK, fine. You're nice. I guess I'll help you out. So she does. And they do. And it's pretty obvious right from the get go. Dinara, first of all, is really excited because she looks really pretty and people are noticing her. The doctor takes her to whatever that creepy Sandrine's. bar is. Thank you to Sandrine's. And everybody's hitting on her and shit. And she's obviously kind of into that, which I mean, I don't blame her. If I had looked like a, I don't even know, a tumor for however long, I'd be really excited as well. But she's also clearly jonesing for the doctor, which is awkward because she decides to help him figure out a new name and she decides to name him Schmullis after her uncle, dot, 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 who always made her smile and laugh, dot, dot, dot. I don't know. I found it a little weird. Anyway, uh, the doctor starts feeling some feelings and he has a little heart to heart with Kess. And Kess is like, well, just tell her how you feel. And the doctor's like, okay. And he does it during a routine check of her optical whatevers. I don't know. It was really awkward. And Bad fucked. timing. Bad timing. I think you mean hilarious. <laughs> no, it just felt awkward. Like, I mean, I, I saw what oh, they were I doing. I said, oh, man. Well, all right. That's okay. We'll get into it. Uh, anyway, the long story short, too late, is that the doctor and Dinara are totally in love and it's beautiful and sweet and, and nice. But uh, Dinara decides she does not want to go back to her gross body. So she's like, tries to poison herself. And she and the doctor have a long heart to heart, wherein the doctor talks her into staying and, and fighting for her real life. And he professes his love for her. And it's really sweet. And Caitlin had a misty eye. And it was beautiful. Uh, the B plot seems to be that like Tom Paris is still being a ding dong and not doing his job. So Chakotay is like, well, fine, I'll just replace you with someone else at the bridge if you don't want to do your work, bitch. And I think that's basically it. Is that the whole episode? Yeah. Oh, and we, I think we, 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 we hear still from see our, uh, yeah, our, um, our little traitor. Yeah, that mm. dick. That- old Joni. Oh, the old Jonas brother. Oh, man. The, the forgotten well, Jonas Brothers. I hope that they keep him going for many episodes to come. I think uh, his his story has been really interesting, and I look forward mm. to seeing how it turns out for him. Yikes. But first, this episode. So, uh. so okay, speaking of how uninteresting Jonas is, this man, his actor, has the misfortune of always being uninteresting, because I only found out today he is the voice of Kaiden Alenko, the least interesting Mass Effect squad member. Oh, yeah. In, in... I let him die. Yeah, no, that's the correct choice. <laughs> yes. He's awful. Basically, um, was, who, who do I want to die? This guy, definitely. But yeah, no, he turns out he's been in a shitload of Star Wars video games, and he was <laughs> in Mass Effect. 
But Star Wars is interesting sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was looking him up because I was like, this guy's face is actually kind of familiar. And it turns out, no, it isn't. I haven't seen any of the other live action stuff he's been in. It just turns out that that's how he looks. He looks like an annoying, boring creature like Caden. <laughs> yeah, to be entirely fair, and this is jumping only a little bit ahead, but in investigations, when we're talking with Jonas over here and Hogan over here, mm. I lost track of which one was Hogan. which. Hogan. <laughs> Hogan has a much rounder head and, as Caitlin pointed out, quite large eyes. Dude, the ah. biggest eyes I've legit ever seen. Humongous I eyes. I feel like just having two very generic looking guys mm. with the light sandy hair, both ex maki, both in engineering, both in the same scene. I I got face blind really fast. Yeah. Jonas but that's jumping only a little ahead. Raphael Sparge. Good name. Um, and uh, yeah. Schmullis. I was shocked, though, because he's not he's not even Canadian, which not, like because wow. Bioware is a Canadian company. And I'm pretty sure he both looks so damn Canadian. Well, it's because the cat. <laughs> I would the, I would have po- pegged him for Quebecois. Jesus. So if you let him live in the third game and he you do the like party DLC, he um they go on a lot about how Canadian he is. Oh, we're and, talking Jonas now. I thought we were talking Hogan again. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. No, Jonas. Again, and, I cannot tell them apart. <laughs> and uh. You know, in the fact that Bioware is a Canadian company and has a lot of Canadian voice actors in the game, it's funny that this character is, in fact, American. But yeah, he's just one of many Star Trek alumni to have appeared in that series, which we can now stop talking about because I realized this was a hell of a tangent. Yeah, I mean, the tangent listening. is, I'm so, I, I think my first note here was, God, I'm getting so bored of this Tom subplot. And then mm. later in the notes, oh, I'm even more bored of this Jonas subplot. I want them to end right now. But they're right the now. same subplot we find out next week. Again, yeah. jumping ahead, but ugh, ugh, ugh. Well, that's uh, a problem. Yeah, like- I, I'm, I'm like ver- fairly convinced that they filmed all of the Jonas scenes on like one day. Yeah. You know, all the scenes of him talking to the Kazon and then all of the Tom bits. I feel like those must have just been filmed completely separately and were just inserted into episodes later because they're never particularly relevant not at all to the episode at hand it's just like no. oh let's let's plop in the scene where tom punches chakotay here look it's a little bit serial like ds9 it's so not doing oh, it right man. They're, they're dipping the toes into the serialized story like because they fucked it up because yeah. it's not you know they just they just randomly placed bits of yep. this plot in different episodes without tying anything together yeah no and it's like or i mean building in any way well i was watching this episode you know obviously like all my not all my complaints but uh, my major complaints were like you know you get to the next one and it's like oh oh really oh christ that was even worse somehow but i've just for the past few weeks i've been like i mean i get that tom had this really fucked up experience but i'm not enjoying that they've decided this is how he's reacting to it yeah and instead it's like oh yeah well especially because in this one at one point he's like bitching at chakotay about like you know, remember that time when that you did that thing that wasn't actually in an episode, but we're going to mention it? And it's like, you couldn't have found an actual event from an actual episode he could have bitched about? Like, Remember that time you didn't laugh when I made a racist comment about your people, about how you should be able to turn into a bird? That I, really cut me, Chakotay. The worst part is, I think he did. <laughs> yeah, I know. He did. He did I make know. that comment. But, he, but at no, no, the no, same he time, Chakotay he also laughed. rescued Chakotay, so yeah. I guess Chakotay couldn't, like, bitch later, like, huh. That was pretty insensitive, Tom. I mean, is there a statute like, of limitations? Back on that bridge, you fuck. Yeah, but that I couldn't. Uh, yeah, and the other problem I have with the whole Tom thing, especially like in this episode, is Tom is involved in the main plot of this episode, and he's not an asshole. 
Right. He's being nice. He's helping out the doc. Yeah, he shows the so doc the car that he likes to bone women in. Oh, like oh I hope whole, he fucking hosed it down first. Jesus. Well, it's a hollow car, you know. It, we turn off the holodeck, it all just falls on the floor. Oh. Wow, yeah, mm-hmm. that's... Ew. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but the holodeck better have just like a Gattaca-style cleaning program. Oh, I was gonna say sure like an is. oven, but yeah. yes. <laughs> Self-clean. Oh, God, burn it with fire. <laughs> but yeah, I know, you're right. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, it's so at odds with like... I've been a jerk for a few months, unless you're the doctor on the holodeck with me. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, where I'm being get, a genuinely good dude. Get hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, things about this episode, I like, you know, we're getting more doctor development, because I like yep. the doctor, and that's nice. Things I don't like about this episode, the doctor's so fucking selfish. Oh, yeah. At the I, end, when he's like, when she's oh, like, at the I end. live a whor- the whole time. I, oh, I live a horrible existence, and I just want to die. Just help me die, Doc. Because, like, if you put me back in that fucking disgusting, decrepit, decaying body, I'm just going to be suffering forever. And, and even longer, because you gave me some special Klingon brain. Listen. So now my suffering is prolonged even more. We so just let me die. Let me die as I want to in, in this form, healthy and loved. And he's like, no. I want to bang you for two more weeks, and then we're going to dump you on your shit planet and go off. Well, fuck you. Listen, we let someone, we selflessly let someone commit suicide last week. There'll be no more selfless suicides on our watch. I mean, is it really, I mean, I guess it is a suicide, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it's interesting being like, okay, I accept your, your decision to, to not go back into your shit body. Well, it's interesting too, because it's like. You know, again, last week was explicitly a suicide scenario. This could almost have been right as a DNR. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's true. But Yeah, and she's able to actually tell you DNR because her brain waves are still floating around. Yeah. But doctors all like Hippocratic Oath, Hippocratic Oath. But it's not even Hippocratic Oath because part of the Hippocratic, or maybe it's not, but I'm pretty sure that part of the doctor code of ethics is if somebody declines treatment, you have to respect that. Yeah, morally, like, you're really not supposed to fuck with like that. You can't. Yeah, if somebody explicitly says, "Do not treat me," you you can't. Yeah, but I, I kind of the fact that the reason that he like it's not even like, he even ex- explicitly says that the only reason he wants her to not die is because he wants to spend more time with her. Well, being fair, he is a computer. Shit, computer. And man. also, to be fair, he is a guy, which means he is inherently selfish. So, Sorry. The other thing is, I don't know anything about dnrs but like i know anyone can sort of apply for one but is it like when you sign up for one is a doctor required to like oh yeah it's binding no no what i mean though is are they required when you say i'd like to do a dnr they they have to sit you down like okay we really have to talk about this or they just have to go sure i don't think like i know once it's signed yes it's binding but i don't even think a doctor has to be involved i think it's a power of attorney or a notary thing okay i feel like i i actually I helped someone with a DNR once when I was a notary. That's right. That's or with right. a, a t- power of attorney, I should say, so that if someone would have the the right to not have a parent resuscitated if they weren't in a good place to do it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess the, the argument his logic circuits could make, even though really this wasn't a logical thing, was that I'm sure she didn't have a DNR on file. <laughs> and also she did actively fuck with her own treatment, which is weird. Again, normally the patient can't do that. <laughs> well, but I mean, 
It's similar to if you, let's say, you were a cancer patient and you overdosed on morphine on purpose. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, or if you're supposed to take medication and, you know, fake it and spit it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think the only, unfortunately, the only, well, wait, let me rephrase. The only time that I think that this is not the case is if you're, like, in a mental institution, they can make you take your medicine, but that's because they don't think that you are, of sound like, fit to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the unfortunate part, is that the, them telling you you have to do what you have to do, but arguably it might be better than letting someone who doesn't have the right frame of mind make the choice. I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole other morally ambiguous question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole, yeah. I guess the thing, though, is, like, the minute she, like, you know, realized she was a hologram and saw her normal body, it's like, oh, she's not gonna want to go back. Yeah, you yeah. called it, too, when she, like, when all of a sudden her levels went bad. Chris was like, did she do it? And I was like, mm. oh, no. See, this is why, like, the the Dr. Soon technology is is so important. And Why, know. he should, he, he should have just made her look like Brent Spiner? I mean, there was there was Juliana and she looked like a normal person. Oh, that well, kind of technology is what you're saying. Yeah, the whole where you download, you where you download, a, download a living person into into a positive. Yeah, but for, for all everybody knows at this point, Dr. Soong was not able to do any of that ever and all this thing. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Well, they also don't have a positronic brain on board Voyager. Yeah, and apparently the only people that can make them are are. Soong. Soong relatives. Yeah. There's just, there's something, there's some some special sauce in those Soong fingertips. I, I like to imagine that if you go far enough back in the Soong family tree, before they started all being the same person, <laughs> that, what, that one of Data's ancestors is Willy Wonka. That seems right. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Marty McFly. Speaking Why of Willy doctors... Wonka? I miss this. Because, I don't know, it's just, it, Dr. Soong makes me think of Willy Wonka. It makes oh, a weird okay. kind Similar of... Similar characters. Yeah, it makes a weird that kind of sense. chaotic neutral thing going on or something. Maybe not neutral. I don't know. Did you all uh, notice the shout out to Doctors of Star Trek's past, by the way? When we talked about the uh, technique that he was using to work on her brain that was that was created or whatever by Leonard McCoy? Yeah, and it would have been before any of the timeline of TOS, so you don't really get to know what it was. <laughs> Oh, really? I assumed it was the, uh, oh, see, I yeah, noticed they it, but the didn't date. pay attention. I they assumed... said the date was like the 50s or something. Oh, oh. see, I assumed it was the uh, Spock's brain. Well, that was like transplanting a brain. Mm. And it was something he couldn't do once he would, didn't have the magic hat on. Yeah, they needed the magic and, the, and that equipment. Yeah. Speaking of, of doctors, like all episode long, I just kept writing notes like, wow, the EMH is basically Bashir level of cocky and self-important and data level of doesn't get it yeah yeah but somehow like the like where when when Bashir did it it was like annoying and creepy I was not annoyed and creeped out by by the doctor it just seemed more like I was getting more of the data yeah 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 side of things and it made it and I think that combo made it more an endearing yeah than an annoying trait yeah you're just because he's you know you just go like well yeah he's a computer (laughs) And again, I, I know I mentioned this a while ago, a couple times, but like the fact that his arc compared to Data's is like he's not interested in being more human, and and now like in this one we see him actively trying to resist it. Even mm. 
And it's like, oh, your program's adapting. Well, I don't fucking want to. <laughs> I don't like these feelings. Love is hard, Doctor. It's it really, is. it's tricky. Yeah. Also, like, you, he's been taking so fucking long to, to give himself a name mm. that I thought to myself, this is how, even though our cats, as we've mentioned, our cats have names. We have named them Darmok and Jalad. We never call them Darmok and Jalad because it took so long for us to name them that we only ever call them the black cat and the white cat. Well, and that's, that's gonna, like, what's going to happen with the doctor. Well, we had a we had a cat who had been found by Caitlin's parents, and they were like, well, we want to let Caitlin name her. Uh-oh. And sh- she was formally eventually named Penelope after, I believe, Odysseus' wife, right? hmm But she had a thousand nicknames. I just called her Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no one ever called her Penelope, practically. I tried to, but it was like Fetch just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Cats, cats don't really have need of names. They don't give a fuck. No, yeah, dude, their, Barnabas, their name is- Barnabas knows his name already. He knows his name. Every time I say Barnabas, he looks right up. He knows exactly what his name is. He looks up and says, ugh, that again? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, he doesn't respond to it, but every time <laughs> I say it, he looks. He knows it's him. Oh, there's that There's that noise you make every time you want to touch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good enough for me. But no, science has proven. They do know the names. They just don't care. But yeah, I, I have decided that even though I know this is not canonically it, his name is Schmuller Schweitzer. <laughs> Got a nice alliteration um, going on. Yeah, I know. I know. We never hear Schmollis again. I don't th- actually. We might I'm hear sure it in, in like because I think we referenced an Arpel in the future. Oh, but I don't. Again, I think the name might come up again, but I don't think we we have named a doctor yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the idea is, and if it's not, it might be explicitly mentioned as well. But I feel like the idea is that it's traumatic for him to to use that name. Yeah, yeah. just like Schweitzer. Yeah, like that. Every time he gets a name, there ends up being a reason for him to not want to keep it. Yeah, it's, it's always a pretty girl that names him, and <laughs> then she dies. And in both cases, a hologram, sort of. I mean, the first time only a hologram, the second time a man. So this it could be like a revolutionary medical procedure, huh? Like I know she had that special doodad that not everyone else would yeah, have. Yeah, why but... can't everybody else have that? Well, first you have to develop the doodad. Yeah, um, that's true. But that, that was one thing that was kind of weird to me, is, like, the Vidians apparently have fucking magic-level medical technology, but never made holograms. Well, they, they put all of their points into, into medicine. medicine. you're right. That's mm-hmm. exactly what yeah. it is. What yeah, was we interesting... A... Go ahead. Sorry. I think we were both about to say the same thing. <laughs> I wonder if it is. Let's find out. Probably not. Well, I, the, just, like, we've kind of, like... I was always under the impression before this episode that just... All Vidians have the phage. Yep, and I apparently the no, thought. there are healthy Vidians. Uh, and it sounds like it's almost like a leper colony kind of thing going on where they keep the ill separated from the well. But considering how virulent it is, how much it spreads, like it feels like the amount of healthy Vidians is probably very small. Yeah, and lower every day when others catch it. Yeah. Only the ones in District 1 don't have it. Hmm. That, uh... The Hunger Games. Yeah. Okay, thank you. But yeah, so that was that was interesting, giving them an extra layer of something. Like, there is, in theory, somewhere just a civilization beyond just the sort of marauding medical pirates. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know more about that, how that society is structured. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, even yeah. like we only glean things about Dinara Pell's like past. We know that she got the phage when she was seven and had to kind of like not have friends anymore. Yeah. And we know that she is a physician, specifically a, I think it's a hematologist, hematologist. blood, blood doctor. Yep. But we don't quite know what that means to a Vidian because we know like their other doctors are mostly organ harvesters. Yeah. Yeah. Like it sounds like there's maybe not legitimate because again, their their government is very happy with the work the organ harvesters are doing. But there's like the physicians who will organ harvest and the ones who try to do more traditional ethical medicine. Yeah, I mean, we don't really <laughs> yeah. address like we don't like I wondered like. How much of this is Dinara's face versus some poor schlub's face? Mm, yeah. How much of her organs are some poor schlub's organs? We don't that really was, address it. That was one thing. It's like, like, yeah, she's still, her actual body is still pretty fucked up, but it is, you know, she is the least fucked up Vidian we've yet seen because, you well, know. She has they, to be a pretty lady. Exactly. Because yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't, they or we could have, but they chose not to have her be actually repulsive yeah like the, the the bad side of her face was nasty but her good side wasn't that bad yeah she wasn't a melting candle like the other vidians we've met I mean, yeah it also seems like i mean we have seen people being turned into romulans people mm -hmm. being turned into cardassians into klingons why isn't cosmetic surgery an option if if like it seemed like she was really hung up on the appearance versus like the the health issue i imagine that the way the phage works, like, anything you do would get eaten. It just melts right off within days. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's almost pointless at that stage. Plus, even with plastic surgery, like, there needs to be healthy tissue there first for you to fuck with. Mm. Well, we don't know how it works in the future, because, like, true, they just true. build up, like, head ridges and shit out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone on the Memory Alpha made the comment saying, like, this is basically the inverse of what happens at the end of the cage, in which Vina decides mm. to stay and be pretty and do the thing, whilst Dinara does eventually at the end accept, okay, I'll take the I'll take the shitty body and keep living and see if maybe life is worth it. Let's yeah. do a dance. But the she, dance was she, super She cute. really made that decision under heavy pressure from the outside. Yeah. I feel like if it were truly up to her and if the doctor wasn't there thirsting, um, she probably would have chosen to die. Yeah. She wanted to get that dance in. Save the last dance. Oh, I mean. And of course, like, because the episode ends right there. Yeah. We don't see, you know, presumably off screen, they just dumped her off on, on her planet. Yeah. That was the idea. Way. Not sure when, because I think they said they were like two weeks out when they yeah. first gave like a reference. So. Maybe they dance for two weeks. Maybe. Maybe. Horizontally. I, I don't get... <laughs> I just don't get why she couldn't just stay on board. You don't want to have to pay an extra actor and do that <laughs> makeup every week. I and just, have it degrade. Ugh, I'm just saying that if she asked, I'm sure they would have been like, sure, you can yeah, stay. Yeah, they took Neelix and Kess. Well, yeah. Exactly. Right? She wants to she's try more to useful. help. She would actually be a real live yeah, doctor, I mean, you know? Yeah, she's a physician. That's well, yeah, she does the magic she's, physician work. She wants she's to... A, she, go ahead, Chris. She wants to go back and try to help her people, No, I she guess. doesn't. She said she didn't. She was like, I'd rather fucking die than go hang out with those gross losers. That's well, what I heard her say. If she's going to live, <laughs> she wants to try to help her people, I No, guess. she doesn't. <laughs> Don't make up lies. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize. Um, did you any of you recognize the actress playing Dana Rappel? 
Okay, yeah. I thought she looked familiar, but I could not tell you why. Okay, I don't know if you'll have, uh, I don't know if this will be the answer why, but we have seen her before, way back in Silicon Avatar. She was the woman Riker was trying to plow who got eaten by the crystalline entity. Oh. Wow. I didn't recognize her from that, but holy no. shit. That I mean, was a we thousand years ago. Very long. God damn. It's always fun when they, weird little things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, especially because I wouldn't have recognized her anyway. Yeah, no. No. I was a little bit confused about how the, the whole brain thing was working. So was her whole brain in the computer? Like kind of what I thought, but I it sort of seemed like it was more like a an external hard drive that they strapped in there to back her up. Yeah, that's what I kinda understood. But. So like when, when she transferred back, did they have to then download her brain back from the computer into her? No, dude, they just copied it. What are we, heathens? Or was it, because at first I was like, oh, is it like just linking her brain, you know, her body, in her body on the, on the operating table, just like linking her brain to the computer? Oh, maybe, but yeah. But all her actual cognitive functions are still happening in her, in her brain? That makes or... a little bit of sense because when the doctor says like, if your body dies, you, you're going to die here too. Like, I can't have you constantly on because yeah. your body is withering away. Yeah. I see. Also, what's up with Klingons and not wanting to do uh, <laughs> donations of tissue and blood? Well, I mean, I feel like Worf didn't really have a good reason aside from like cultural bias. But in Bolana's defense, she kind of had a traumatic medical event thanks to Vidians previously. Yeah, after that, I was wondering why we were, we were even helping Denara in the first place. Because she's hot. Oh, oh because also Starfleet will always help, even jerks. Well, I mean, this also kind of goes back to what you know. The the there's a bit of I think there's like a selection bias because all of the Vidians we have seen so far have been assholes. Yeah, and gross. And well, yes, but there, but you know, we we have only seen like the body snatcher versions of Vidians, right? So that may. And, you know, and now we have seen one that isn't a body snatcher and seems to have some sense of ethics. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that it's not, it's clearly not a monoculture, I, I appreciate that yeah. like, there are, because they could have just made it so that, okay, Vidians are just straight up villains. And every time we see a Vidian, they're going to be trying to steal your bones. Uh, to make their bread. And lungs. Really not sympathetic at all. But... You know, in this case, we've we've and this is like one of the few times that we see, I think, well, I guess they kind of did it with with Ferengi, but we see an alien uh, species that's not a monoculture. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Well, even a few weeks ago, like they didn't make them less of a monoculture, but we got a better understanding of the Kazon's motivation oh, yeah. a few More weeks depth. ago. It's true. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can see why you're distrustful of people and kind of PO'd and doing what you do. I get it. You're. Yeah, those people sucked, and they were your example of people for too, too long. Yeah, fuck those guys. Mm. Mm -hmm. I liked the line, you're not ugly, you're simply ill. I was like, oh, mm. that's weirdly romantic. Yeah. A lot of those lines were really romantic. He talks yeah. about how you think I'm going to love you a little less because you've got a little schmeckus. Schmollus. I'm, I'm schmollus. Yeah, sorry, schmollus. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a name for a kitten. Oh, oh, aw, See, this is why I'm going to bring home another kitten. You name him Schmollis. No. Yes. 
You just Schmollis said. Schweitzer. Well, <laughs> you guys all heard him. That was basically tacit permission. Mm-hmm, I heard it. Yeah. God damn it. See? <laughs> Final note I wanted to make, um, and this is backtracking a little to the Tom plot, but when Tom is sentenced to the brig, mm. I loved Harry's look of disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Harry was like, Tom, no. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've all been there, too, where, like, well, maybe not, but, you know, sometimes you'll have a friend who does something stupid, and you're just, it's this weird mix of, like, come on, man, like, we're kind of a unit, and, like, I feel stupid on your behalf, because right now you don't have the sense to. <laughs> and also, like, yeah, he's also just like, great, now who am I going to talk to at lunch? Now who's going to try to make me go on dates I don't want to go on with girls who I don't want to date? Also, I mean, I, you know, Tom talks about next, like, what an oh, asshole yeah. he's been for the past few months. I would say the biggest asshole move he pulled was in this episode, when during lunch in the mess hall, he was sitting alone at like an eight person table it's like fucker there are two tops open take one of them (laughs) that was some entitlement there it really was maybe maybe he had been dining with other people and then they left you don't know you don't know what happened it was part of the scheme he's like i'm gonna do that thing everyone hates i bet he fucking Mm. man spreads too i mean i have to say decking uh chakotay might have been pushing it a little far but I don't know. We'll oh, man. <laughs> yeah, do you think afterwards Janeway was like, Tom, what the hell? And he's like, I wanted it to be believable. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm a hothead. <laughs> uh, so the, in this, the, I guess this will sort of be part of the segue, but like, I fucking loved how Jonas is starting to get cold feet. Like, I don't want to hurt. Like, what did you think you were doing? Yeah, well, no kidding. I don't mind telling you stuff, but I don't want to like tamper with things. It's like, dude. Well, I, you put it best. What did I say? Yeah, you were like, I mean, you're you're already committing treason. What are you like? Yeah. You know, like. I only wanted to get in for a little light treason. I mean. I didn't want anybody to get hurt. Maquis, so, you know. Yeah, but like, what what the. I'd expect him to have more of a stomach for treason in that case. The horse has left the stable on the whole treason thing. But like, what did he think? The end game. I, I thought was. they were planning a surprise party. Like what a fucking I th- moron! I thought they wanted to make sure that Chicote was at the baby shower. I didn't know they wanted me to disable <laughs> weaponry. That oh. that's, that actually is pretty. I love that idea that that's how they bamboozled them. Oh, but yeah, like fucking, it really like a couple of spies on his ship and a complete fucking moron apparently in the form of Jonas here. Chicote really just did not have the best crew. Yeah, yeah. let's le- let's learn more about them. How, and, yeah. how was Seska able to trick me? Bitch, everyone is tricking you. Literally everyone yeah, here. Tom just tricked him, but we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, uh, that sounds like my cue. In investigations, oh man, the fucking subheading for the start of this was like, thanks, I hate it. We open on Neelix being like, I'm going to sell you some propaganda about how great life is on the ship. And I'm going to feature cooking and interviews and all kinds of stuff. And it's and just going to be swell, swell, swell. Yeah. We I wanted get to see to, the juggling. I was going to say, we didn't even get to see any goddamn juggling. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. But yeah, so Neelix is playing intrepid girl detective or uh, journalist today. So he's uh, he's poking his nose where it doesn't belong. Gets him into a whole mess of trouble. 
and a fist fight, which I never thought we would see. It was fucking epic, actually. But yeah, he's doing a new show every day where you get to hear about all the good stuff happening on Voyager and hopefully help you dull the sense of loss and sadness knowing you'll never see your family again. <laughs> on one day after his filming, he's uh, he gets a call from one of his other... What is he? I almost said Tellarites. What are they? Talaxian? His other... Uh, his Talaxian friend... I think I need glasses. What does that say? Axolotl? Laxith. Laxith. He gets a call from his buddy. (laughs) His buddy Axolotl calls him up. Uh, His buddy Laxith calls up and is like, oh, hey, chum. Uh, I just wanted to get in touch because uh, we know one of your friends is coming to our ship and we just wanted to give you a heads up that we're ready to go. And Neelix is like, and uh, that's kind of what I was like, too. I literally like slapped Chris in the leg. It was like, what the fuck? And then there was like, I was like, oh my God, Paris, Paris is going to leave. And that's the plan. Paris is leaving. He's finally had enough of Chakotay's shit and he's packing up and going away. So we think. And in like a really overblown, unnecessary act, like Neelix does this video montage about how great Tom is and how we hardly knew thee. And I just kind of feel like that was what made me realize it really wasn't going to stick because they like (laughs) never, ever say goodbye to anybody. Tasha Yard. Well, actually, I guess Tasha kind of got a thing and we could never, ever stop being followed around by that weird little hologram bookmark that data made of her. But anyway, (laughs) the point is it was so over the top that I was like, there's no way this is real, but go on moments moments after Tom leaves, the Talaxian ship that he's on board is attacked by the Kazon, and they don't steal shit. No, they don't take any... No, well, they uh, steal some shit. Whatever shit Paris is full of? No, oh, I just meant Tom, but yes. Oh, yeah, well, he's <laughs> the big shit. It's funnier in my But head. yeah, no, uh, no cargo, no, no, no gold-pressed latinum, nothing. Just a Tom Paris. And uh, deliver him right into Seska's hands, who is looking extremely pregnant... In less than a month, Chicote is going to be a father. Get the fuck out of here, Seska, you creep. <laughs> I just feel like making it sound like, oh, he's going to be a proud papa. It's like, bitch, you stole his semen and implanted it in yourself. You're disgusting. But anyway, sure, let's just keep talking about probably the, the, Jonas's <laughs> weird space ah! rape. But anyhow, Seska's like, you know, you could work with us and it'll be great. And I know you've always, you know, you were just playing at being their good little boy. And wouldn't you rather hang out with us and whatever? And Tom's like, no deal. But while he's there, he starts sniffing around to see if I mean, I I believe it was to see if he could figure out who had been selling them out because they surprise, surprise. They knew that they had a mole, Jonas. Not really surprising. You don't feel like he's the most subtle creature. And he just has a face that looks like he's guilty all the time, to be honest. It's so big teeth. Big teeth. Also, has, they've literally shown us him being guilty for weeks. They've shown us Jonas. True. <laughs> but uh, we're not the only ones who are onto Jonas. Lenelix <laughs> figures him out with a lot less to go on. He finds out that there's like holes in the, I don't even know, subspace, subspace frequency, something or others. And um, he tracks it down, but he thinks because of what he's tracked down that Paris was the turncoat all along because they've been signed like Love Tom and coming from his uh, his bedside desk and shit. But that was all a trick. And as soon as they realize that Neelix is onto him, onto, you know, what's going on, Janeway and, and Tuvok have to pull him in and be like, listen, this is a sting operation. How did you find this? What's going on? And that's how they nail it down that it's Jonas and they get Paris back. And I feel like there's something I'm forgetting, but I don't care. 
Um, we kill the fuck out of Jonas. Yeah. Oh, right. That was fucking great. Neelix oh, and vaporizes Jonas. Almost, him. And Jonas almost killed uh, Neelix with like a screwdriver or yeah. whatever, which was like, at first when he pulled it up, I was like, what is with this really tiny little bitch phaser? And then it was like, zip, zip. And I was like, oh, it's like a welding thing. It's like a soldering iron or something. It's just a good I'm surprised they don't have like little like Derringer phasers they have like pops down your down your uh the sleeve of your uniform yeah they get the uh noisy cricket from men in black get thrown across the room really destroy the ship with that thing but uh yeah jonas and neelix get into an epic fight and uh neelix does some motherfucking aikido and uses his momentum to throw him into a fucking pit of him into a fucking fire yeah like that's a thing like let's talk about this like he threw that motherfucker to his death, and I am impressed. I mean, I mean, well, let's also. He kind of threw himself to his death. I mean, Neelix, yeah. all Neelix would have had to have done is sidestepped, and we probably would have got more or less the same effect. Oh, yeah, but you could totally, like, he could have found a way to, like, grab him and throw him to the floor. And Neelix was like, nope, you're going into the green pit of vaporization. And I respect that. Listen, I think we were now, all sick what of Jonas. Was the green Neelix pit actually of has to vaporization. Spend time with him. Because. Plasma? That, like, it just. it appeared when it was most convenient in just the middle of engineering. So, Wait, Jay, I, can you repeat? I'm sorry. Yeah, so so the um so what I don't understand what exactly happened to Jonas. It's like the it's like when they're writing the script, they're like and then Neelix kills him. Yeah, yeah they, they threw him the instructions. Jake, that was the plot hole that he threw him into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cuz then like cuz they're fight they're having this fight in engineering. It's a fist fight. And then suddenly there's a giant fire in the middle of the room. Like I said, it's it's it's, it's plasma because plasma's green and it was a green fire. And, and it, but it well, was like it was just on the say, middle of the floor. Didn't they say that he was like damaging the warp core or something or other? Is it possible that that was supposed to be the warp core? Like I don't know. No, a lot it was about... on the other side. It was oh, it was like in the middle of the room. It would it would have made way more sense if he had th- if like the warp core started making fire and he threw him at that but oh you know what it was the septic system blue there you go that was he's just... actually not dead <laughs> like that that at the end he's of the episode you're, me- you're meant to think he died but uh like neelix is like oh that is not so good for jonas that is Oof. the the vent ab- above neelix's stove <laughs> yeah jonas is like I, the septic system jonas wishes he was fucking dead after that yeah so don't so do we all okay so who do you think paris like, is more justified in, as I would like to put it, well, it wasn't Chakotay or the poor Talaxians. What was the thing you well, just said? I have no idea what the fuck you just said. Uh, the, the, the grifter episode of The Simpsons where everyone sets up this big elaborate scheme to teach Homer and Bart a lesson. And it was like, wow, so the whole town was in on it. Except, you know, Willie, who was oh, up for Willie murder. Oh, Willie wasn't. Yeah. I did not understand a thing you just said. Sorry, yeah. So, the, the but like, so, like, they didn't tell Chakotay, which is kind of shitty, but they also didn't tell the Talaxians, knowing full well and hoping that they would get attacked by the Kazon. Wow! That's yeah. awful. Dude, yeah, consider like, that the only Talaxian they know is the most annoying motherfucker they've ever met. I'm sorry. That doesn't justify <laughs> it. Uh, we should kill them all! Side what? point, I think it's sad that Harry wasn't involved because... Mm. 
There, we we never even got a good goodbye between Harry and Tom. If Harry True. thought Tom was actually leaving, yeah. it was so disappointing that it was just like, oh, well, bye. I guess that's, that's really it? how you know. That's really so, how you know it wasn't real. Harry was so heartbroken that he actually asked for that part of the show to just remain private. We were supposed mm. to get that scene, but <laughs> he actually just he laid in bed weeping but like with his clarinet in his mouth so it was just making the weirdest noises <laughs> wow <laughs> oh it's the whale call from four <laughs> I, I, i'm imagining that the the captions to say sad clarinet sound <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like um, god damn those poor talaxians yeah man i fucking i really dislike this episode and I'm going to rant for a bit. It's so fairly high me. rated. It. It's got a lot of it's... actual, like, really good responses online because people really love, like, action Neelix and they love seeing Paris kind of re- get redeemed for the shit that he was doing. What but... do fans of this fucking show know? Please. Well, let's find out because Jake is a fan of this show. Go ahead. I was planning to rant. Do the rant, rant now. Out, Jake. I can't wait. Rant blue balls. With that context, rant. Yeah, so everything... I, I hate everything about this. So for, one, so for one, I hate that that they did this setup, but they did it in the most lazy, half-assed, copy-paste scenes into previous episodes to give the illusion of a multi, multi-episode multi arc, which it wasn't. I hate that they didn't, for exactly what Chris said, that they didn't tell Chakotay and they didn't tell the fucking Talaxians who just like by the grace of God didn't get killed Yep. because mm-hmm. even Neelix is like, no, no Talaxian would, would betray, you know, would have told the, the case on about Tom because that would be suicide because it would be. So that's fucked up. I hate that Neelix figured out the whole fucking plot all by himself and knew who the fucking killer was basically and didn't have to sacrifice potentially Tom's life didn't have to go through this whole elaborate Romulan-esque fucking yeah. bullshit plot and and basically made Tuvok look like a goddamn chump in terms of the police investigation. Oh, yeah. Fucking Neelix! And then, you know, the, uh, having this whole thing with Tom, Tom even just Tom on the, on the, on the, the Kazon ship, right? It's like they fucking lazily wrote some, like, okay, oh, he's going to be on that. the ship. I got notes on that, He's going to be on the though. ship. And he's going to fucking fight them to escape, but he won't get Seska. He'll just kill a couple of randos and then cut the scene. And then the next shot we have is of a shuttle flying away from the Kazon ship. So presumably they have anyone, as lax security yeah, anyone as Anyone can escape because we saw and, Chakotay escape a Kazon ship because it's real fucking easy, guys. And then he never and then like the shuttle is clearly too slow to escape. Mm-hmm. So they're with him the whole time. Yep. So their weapons are such bullshit. They can't even blow up one of their own shuttles on an extremely low speed chase yep. firing at it the entire time. They evidently don't have a tractor beam or even i don't know a fucking harpoon to reel it back in and like it's, it's unbelievable to me how fucking stupid this whole thing is and, you know tom just gets manages to get the word out oh it's jonas but it doesn't fucking matter because neelix already figured out and everybody already knows it's jonas basically at that point and we've killed also, him already why was fucking there's no fucking reason for uh uh 
the engineering to be completely abandoned, right? Like we, all, we we always see like a dozen people in engineering. We know that they were trying to fix the warp engine, so presumably there's a bunch of people doing that. But you have fucking Jonas Brothers and Hulk Hogan are the only two people keeping <laughs> down the fucking fork in engineering. Neelix comes in. And then, like, it's just, it's just Jonas. Like, like, why wouldn't, wouldn't would that ever happen? Well, you understand. If there's only one person. I hope you he gets his spinoff show. It's just Jonas. Is <laughs> it was Fred's birthday, so all the other engineers were in in the mess hall having cake. They were getting their mm. their peptide. Yeah, and peptide icing. But that's bullshit because if that were true, Neelix would be in in there. They didn't tell awful cake. They didn't tell him. They used replicator rations. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hogan that's was how told you show someone you really love them on their birthday. You don't yeah. subject them to Neelix cake. And then Hogan was that told cake looked good. that uh, the warrior was on the line, wanting to arrange another rumble. So Yikes. he had yeah. to deal with that. Can I tell you guys some of the backstory of this episode? Oh, please do. All right, so the original plan that they wanted to do for the... <clears throat> there was plan. a plan? The, de- the device that they'd use for this episode would be that the whole show would be from the point of view of Neelix's news program. No, thank God it wasn't that. Actually, I think that would have been a lot fucking better, honestly. Yeah? I fucking think that would damn have been your a mouth. If it was, ju- if like, because we, the, the problem, my biggest issue with this episode other than all the other shit I said, but, but I think the biggest problem storytelling wise is that the audience knows the whole fucking time. Mm. No, that's they all right. Know- that's, that's, that's the basis of Columbo that, that you can do that. Well, don't you dare compare this episode to Columbo. I'm just saying it like, could be done. Well, Columbo did it for years. Like, that's all I'm saying that, you know, to, to paraphrase, what's his fuck. The, you are cowards. Okay. Because <laughs> you're cowards. <laughs> keep the puppet (laughs) keep the puppets they should have kept it so that fucking the audience had even an inkling that maybe tom betrayed voyager you know so the problem like what was the even point of having neelix for like 10 seconds of episode neelix discovers that oh my god it was tom because it's on his computer of course the audience already knows that's bullshit and then within 30 seconds of screen time, we're disavowed of that notion entirely when they're like, oh, it was a planted. Uh, because we already know that Jonas is guilty. You totally I think the, like- twist, the twist was that Tom isn't actually a piece of shit, which the show's been showing us for so long. Kind of like in, I think it's the Enterprise incident when Kirk is being yeah. a dick for a while. Yep. So that people think he's being like, a bad captain so that when he goes over to the Romulan ship, it's no one else is at fault or something weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. In that episode, in in the enterprise incident, it was more believable than in this episode. Oh, well, absolutely. Like, I think if all the communications with the Kazon up to this point had like only shown the screen and like, you hadn't really, Ooh, if we didn't know who deep throat was, yeah, then maybe they could have tried to sell like, that it's maybe Tom for a hot second. Yeah. Like maybe for a minute, you're like, Oh my God, what if it's this? Oh my God. Um, Could they use, could they use a like, uh, arrow style voice modulator? So he's like, (laughs) I have the plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, or that. It would sound like this this ship. Yes. But, you know, especially if you showed him even in shadow a little, like, I feel like with the right lighting. That's the just guy's, the Sela approach. We've done that. <laughs> the guy's head is kind of shaped enough like Robert Duncan McNeil's that you could have been like, oh. 
I think also, the, I mean, the thing with it end up, because, we, you know, obviously we knew the whole time it was going to be Jonas because we yeah. saw it. But also the fact that it meant that we knew Jonas as a character. Not, well, you don't know Jonas as a character because he's not fucking uh, character? fucking at all. Um, but know that he's on the ship, at least. Yeah. You know that he's a character, so it's not just someone you've not heard of before. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, they could have, if they'd written it well, established him separately, you know, and just... They like, could have um, made him security chief. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, just had him there. He's in engineering. Bolana talks to him sometimes, you know. And then, oh, shit, he's the traitor, not Tom. But, like, again, like Caitlin said, there is a way to already kind of to know things the characters don't and have it be satisfying. But this was not one of those cases. This ain't it. <laughs> Actually, you know what it could have been? Instead of instead of doing like the deep throat thing, you just always show the case, you know, the Kazon on the little laptop. Yeah. From from the perspective of the per from behind the person that's using the laptop. Yeah. And it's not a two way conversation. You frame it as like messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you know, you have the Kazon say like, oh, we received your last message about, you know, about the warp 10 drive. And uh, we're going to we're, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Proceeding exactly. Proceeding is planned with. You know, it could just be, it could just Omega. be like pre-recorded shit, and then you never have to see who the traitor is. And then we're totally faked out. We can to- we could totally believe in this episode, especially if we're seeing it through Neelix's eyes. Yeah, we we could believe that. Holy shit! Tom set this whole thing up. He knew the whole going to the Talaxian ship was just a ruse because the whole intention all along was for him to hook up with his Kazon buddies. Yep. You know, Which, we, we could buy that. Like you said, Jake, what a Romulan level plan. Like you're really lucky. Seska decided it was worth kidnapping Tom. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. like, cause like, what? <laughs> Maybe she wanted to say like, Oh no, it's Tom. It's your, it's your baby now. Yeah. It's everyone's baby now. Yes. Damn. Yes. And like, really there was no real reason for them to kidnap Tom because they already had a plan in motion to sabotage Voyager and yep. force them into a trap. Yep. Well, yeah, but they knew so, that uh, Jonas was going to be bitching out, so maybe they were just trying to uh, have a backup plan. But he didn't bitch out. He no. didn't bitch out. No, but he, he seemed he like he was going to, though. Yeah, he you know did. what I mean? He kind of did. The he last was... last episode where he was like, uh, I didn't want to hurt anybody. I suppose... Dude. In that regard, like, especially with her being Cardassian, Cardassian's liking backups, I could see her being like, well, Paris left, maybe I can tan him with my wiles, because I think Jonas is about to fail me. I'm mm. surprised she didn't try to convince him that the baby was his. <laughs> well, Remember the that is... night in Sandrine's, Tom? Nope, it's a total blur. Oh, I scooped shit. your semen above the floor, and it's mine now. Oh, oh God, no! Wow, a rare one from Ames. Done. Check it off the list. But yes, oh, and I did check, at least as far as the, whoever wrote the memory alpha summary is concerned, that was a burst plasma conduit that Neelix chucked Jonas into. Under the floor, in the middle of the floor, in the most plot convenient location for that to occur. Yes. Barely protected by railings. I mean, it's kind of like how the massive- Can I see it? (laughs) (laughs) Good. I mean, you know- Another Simpsons reference, wow. a, A few years from now- then, whatever, you know, fucking the Sovereign class keeps its uh, plasma conduits not even protected by floor. It's just there, ready to be shot by anyone who conveniently needs to wipe out a small Borg collective that's built up in their engine room. Yeah, I guess so. Spoilers? No, because we already covered no, that movie. We saw it. Oh, okay. 
Here's a question, because I wondered for a little bit, because, you know, they're building up the Paris leaving thing, and for a hot second, I'm wondering, like, do people who've not seen this show and, you know, know that Tom continues being a character think that this was how they decided to write Robert Duncan McNeil out of the show? I actually kind of thought it was legit for a half a second, yeah. She was very cross that I wouldn't tell her. I slapped him <laughs> on the arm. She did, it hurt. Good. Just kidding, sorry. <laughs> Um, I mean, you could have just watched the episode, Caitlin. <laughs> I did, but I needed to know now. <laughs> I never made it past a four-year-old's uh, watching of things I haven't seen. If if I know someone knows, or even if they don't know, I want to know. I want that to is, know right now. That is true. We have been watching shows together that are new to both of us, and she'll be like, oh my god, what happens? I'm like, I literally have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> we are both watching this at the same time, Caitlin. <laughs> I, I have to say, though, of despite the fact that I, I loathe most of this show, I think I did this episode really, or this episode. Okay. Yeah. I really actually did enjoy the sort of B plot of the doctor constantly getting Matt oh. Damon off the show. Yeah. yeah. He looked so pissed. It was so fun. <laughs> I really want to know how to make my nostrils happy. I mean, it's especially good because it, it, it's at the very beginning. It's set up that the doctor, he, he, he does a, he does a McCoy. He says, I'm a, I'm a doctor, not a performer or mm. whatever it is that he said. Where, like, he's at first really down on it, but then he gets progressively more frustrated that he can't be a part of it. Yep. Did anyone notice, by the way, that the juggler was one of the candidates to replace Tom? I did, because it was in my book. My The two, the two books I'm reading um, as, like, the background information of the episodes mostly just parrot, like, this kind of, like, trivia shit like this back at you mm. for... Like, oh, this was a new character. This is what they do. I was like, yeah, I saw the episode. I, I know. Tell me something <laughs> behind the scenes, please. I, I get that they wanted Harry to, like, you know, be sad about his friend. But it's like, he's so soon to replace him. It's like, Harry, someone has to fly the ship. <laughs> ship flies itself most of the time. Well, I mean, Paris basically did say, why do you even need me? True. True. <laughs> It was still just, be on it, it wasn't it wasn't they weren't looking for somebody to replace Tom at the helm. They were looking for somebody to replace Tom at the Delaney sisters. <laughs> no, to replace Tom like at lunchtime with Harry. Oh god, fucking Harry. So apparently he nearly caused civil war at the academy. Oh yeah. I, I was I was convinced that if um Neelix took his reporting suggestions that he would start war within the ship. Seriously, I was not sure where that was going. But like Nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was like, uh, he was like, you know, I was editor of the paper. He's like, hey, of course you fucking were, you nerd. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, and what fucking journalist integrity uh, he has when, um, you know, when, <laughs> if they don't say finally, it's off the record, you print that shit. <laughs> when he finds out about the fucking a horrible plot that that everyone has orchestrated, he doesn't, you know, expose it. He he joins it. You know, he he just like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. we want you to convince people that that you've, uh, you know, go do this for us, shitty journalists. Well, because at that point, he stopped being a journalist and became a spy. Yeah. He became. Which I guess is a time honored tradition. Of oh, journalists. yeah. Yeah. He no, became Tom's friend, which was very nice, considering how much they hated each other before. Oh, God, their little hug when he was leaving. It was, was so cute. Weird. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it's funny because there is so much wrong with, like, everything that led up to this episode and parts of the execution. But there were parts, like, I enjoyed Neelix getting to have a fight scene and, again, straight up throw a guy into a plasma thing. But, yeah, it's like Jake said, there's just so much that's wrong with it otherwise. And everything that led up to it was so bad. 
bad. It's yeah. like Yeah. I feel like it was I feel like this episode suffers because of the previous episodes attempting to seed it. Yeah, yeah. And again, That's just why like, I was surprised people like this episode and I'm like, but it's it's the culmination of all that bullshit. No, it did not pay off. Yeah, and again, there is something ultra shitty like I okay, fine. You don't tell Chakotay cuz that's that's a time-honored, you know, like uh, tradition in things. It's like Sherlock Holmes. Not telling Chakotay? Yes. Well, you know, you're the main character being like, sorry, I didn't tell you about my plan, Watson, but I know you're impossible to, like, lie. You're you're bad at faking things, so I, I couldn't tell you. But, like, and also, again, like, yeah, legit, yeah, we didn't entirely trust you because we thought it might be a Maquis, which, you know what, fucking fair. But to not, you know, tell the Talaxians, which, again, I guess you couldn't, but... So you've brought them into your scheme against their will without their knowing. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. Like, there's no real way to justify that. That's shitty move, guys. Shitty move. Not very yeah, uh, Starfleet of you. I just, I, I, I cannot fathom how this plot was easier to execute than just putting a tap on somebody's phone to figure out who the goddamn spy was. Or just, like, surely just change some aspect of the comm system so that you'd pick it up better or something. Well, like, once you know, you know, once you know that somebody's doing these these covert messages, wouldn't the answer just be to monitor for those things and then... Exactly! you know, take action when you see one happening in real time. Surely there's something they could have done with a deflector dish. Clearly. Always the deflector dish. Just to reflect. They've got that secondary one. Use that to reflect signals to the warp pylon kerferber, and it goes through the scrubbers and it pings Tuvok. I mean, like, Tuvok set up a thing on the transporter that one time to let him know when somebody tried to use it. True, which you think should just be SOP, but yes. Yeah. So, like, we know that they have some sort of system monitoring where they can just, like, put a trigger on something and you get pinged. Yeah. So it it, it boggles the mind why that wasn't employed for this. Yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. It just seems like manufactured drama. Exactly. Lazy ass writing. Yeah. And cowardly execution. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they decided to kind of play in the pool of serialization, but chickened out. And it's one of those little rubber kitty pools, and it was only full like halfway. And then the dog got in and spilled the water everywhere. And oh, what a mess. The kid had already pissed in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ew. Absolute nightmare. Neat. Anyway, if there's nothing else, is there anything else? There was a lot of sitting in this episode, wasn't there? Not really. I'm trying to do a really hand-fisted segue. (laughs) All of our amazing fans, and you're all amazing, obviously, will remember that last week we started a blogtivity all about captain's chairs. Starfleet captains and their chairs, and how they mostly just look like they were pulled out of, like, uh, indie cars or something. This week, we're going to finish that discussion on chairs. All right. So uh, last week, we cut off kind of with where we are currently at in the Mm show-ish with um, all the chairs that we've seen, or at least other chairs from Voyager that that we will be seeing shortly. So all of these are chairs that we haven't seen yet in our watch, but they're chairs that, you know, you can find on the internet or if you've seen the goddamn shows. 
you will recognize a lot of these chairs. Yeah, and so, honestly, it's a chair. It's really not a spoiler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I can look ahead at the chairs and not mind. That's right. Sharing these chair goes inside the car. Spoiler goes on the back. Hey, <laughs> that's oh, I kind of like that. Even I'm though glad it's sort that of you said that because I could not think of anything. Like I had a spoiler in my mind, but I was like, "There's no joke. I can't do it." All right, so you can follow along and watch all these chairs with us because they're up on our Tumblr, SSHB Podcast, over in our blog section. Uh, The first chair we're looking at is going to be the first chair that we see in Enterprise, which, again, looks like it was ripped straight out of a racing car. Yeah, it looks like it was ripped out of a Fort Taurus. This doesn't (laughs) even look like a racing seat. It actually, I feel like, doesn't look too dissimilar. Like, the the main body kind of looks a lot like the Voyager one, they just added a somewhat different headrest and made it, you know, they put it on a plinth and added armrests and stuff. Yeah, the armrests are pretty shape, good. Yeah. Yeah, looks, uh, I was gonna say, it looks like a little comfy, but then again, that one pad sticks out way further than the rest of the chair, which is strange. Which pad? The, like, that, the big sort of, like, pad, like, three down from the top seems to oh, stick out. Oh, in the back. Yeah, in the it back, seems to, In the backrest. Yeah, it seems to stick out way further than any other pad in the backrest, which is strange. Yeah, I always have trouble in, like, movie theaters when there's, like, a headrest that sticks out because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 5'2". If you're, if you're, like, Jake's height, it's probably com- a comfortable place to put your head. But for anyone short or maybe, like, you know, kids and shit, that makes you uncomfortable the whole time you're sitting in a fucking chair. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to say, without getting into spoilers, there is a slight height issue with this chair, but we'll get to it. Weird. Mm. There's another chair we see in Enterprise, and I've not, I don't remember almost any of Enterprise, so I don't know the context of where this other chair comes from, but it's the one that has, like, attachable seatbelts or something? Yeah, which, I mean, is this just the chair that, like, was in that deleted scene from, um... It looks very, very much like the one from uh, Nemesis. It really That's does, a, a, yes. A cutscene in Nemesis. Like, I think they um, changed hmm. the pa- the little, like, keypads on the end, but no, actually, they didn't even do that, I think. I think they literally yeah, just the same. used that chair, because this would have been, yeah, this would have still been in production when Nemesis happened, so they probably literally just used Archer's chair. It is hilarious when they reuse various chairs, because uh, for our next week discussion, we're going to do alien chairs, mm. and holy shit. Aliens must discuss what chairs they're going to use. Because How often does that Klingon chair. chair show up? <laughs> You'll see next week. But they just be all teased. buy them from IKEA, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little too bulky. This one. It's bulky. It looks comfy. True, true. But it looks like it should be like in his quarters, not on the bridge. Looks like a gamer chair. A little bit. Yes. Oh like man, he, he should Most have a joystick like built. Chairs. He should have a joystick built into one side. With, like, a little, uh, like... It's called the <laughs> manual steering column. Yeah, sorry, that's God what I meant. damn it, I was just about to say that. <laughs> it kind of looks like, because the, there's a little grill in front, it's like a foot warmer if he wants. Ooh, that'd be nice. So, yeah, it's a bit I chilly. hope it massages. Actually, hold on, that picture on the left mm-hmm. looks like it's on the Enterprise E-Bridge, because there's L-Cars displays in the background. Oh, God, you're right, that is, that is... Oh, well, then the maybe chair. it is. It is the same yeah. chair. That's hilarious. Amazing. You're right, Jake. Good catch. I completely missed that. The background's all wrong. That is not the Enterprise Bridge. It's the Enterprise E Bridge. Fantastic. That is very funny. 
Oh, thank God that scene was deleted. It was so dumb. Okay, let's jump forward to the Kelvin movies, where we see a lot of different chairs because there's a lot of different ships. Uh, let's start with the Kelvin, which we see a very um, a, a good shot of the chair in the Kelvin, mm. uh, especially when Daddy Kirk is getting blown out of it. <laughs> I love that that's one of the shots. It's the one that's on Memory Alpha for this chair, which is kind of hilarious. I was hoping you were going to say that's the shot on Memory Alpha for George Kirk. Oh, I wish. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, basic. I, I like the burgundy. I didn't. I don't think I ever realized that was its color. Oh yeah, it's a nice color. I think the shape. You know, you can see where the Enterprise uh, chair's shape is going to kind of come out of this chair. So I actually think they did put at least that much work into it. Yeah, it's kind of flat looking otherwise. So I don't think I don't think it would be comfy. Probably not. And I think he's still got a, a, a an eject Finny button. Oh, definitely. On those rests. He better. How did we never meet Finney in the Kelvin timeline? <laughs> Shit. That's an excellent question. Ooh. What's your fan fixed now? <laughs> All right. I'm going to jump forward to the Enterprise from the Kelvin movies, which honestly, it's, it's so different from the TOS Enterprise chair that I'm a little surprised that we got this out of it because it looks very plastic. I, I think it was the Honest trailers for this movie that basically said something to the effect that this Enterprise looks like it was designed by Apple. Oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, and I yes, feel like you're right. This is, if you gave Johnny Ive the TOS chair and said, make your version of this, this is what it would be. Yeah, but you'd have the option of having it in rose gold as well. True, true. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any similarity between this and um, the TOS chair. Really. No, really, all it's got is it's got the very large square black panel in the back, but it's a lot taller. It has a headrest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I said, to, to steal their line, it's what if Apple designed Star Trek? Yeah, you're very right. That's all I've got to say on this one. I'll move yeah, it no, it's, it's there. I don't, I don't hate it. Maybe it's just that the, the Kelvin movies are just also, everything is just so clean and sterile in them. Even for Star Trek, yeah. Yeah, that I am always taken a little out of them. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah. The USS Vengeance, which we see in Into Darkness, has a different aesthetic, though. It's still very clean and sterile looking, but it's got, like, like this nice chrome-looking finish. Yeah, I. so I like the chair, but it looks like it doesn't swivel, which I feel like is a problem for a captain. Oh, you're right. It doesn't look like it swivels. Like, give that thing a swivel. Hmm. It no almost having... looks like it has the little, like, leg huggers that, like, TMP had. Kind of, yeah. And the other thing, too, is uh, it, it does seem a little self-consciously evil, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> That's the like, lighting, I think. This is an evil chair for an evil ship. It also looks like it's for a much larger person than uh, RoboCop here. One well, size fits all. In the photo where he's in it, it doesn't seem as disproportionate, you know? And look, there's Greg Gunberg. Well, Gunberg. I think this, is, this might be a painting. Oh. Uh. All right, in, I think this is beyond the, we see the Franklin, which is the ship that Jayla's cool, uh, chilling out in. Mm-hmm. Its chair looks like it was sitting in an attic for years. It looks like a guitar case. Mm. Tell I me mean, more. Can... Well, you know how, like, guitar cases usually, it's like a black hardtop thing, and it's got the silver, like, l it goes around it, and when you open it, the silver, like, splits. Oh, yeah. 
It just reminds me of like, or any musical instrument. It could be a tuba, whatever you want. I, I would just make it. Just that reminds connection. me of a musical instrument case. But now that you say it, I kind of see it. It certainly feels old fashioned, and it is on a ship that's been sitting on the surface of that planet for like a century. So the good whole... shape, considering. Yeah, but the whole certainly doesn't swivel. Thing. Yeah, no, I guess it mustn't. Yeah, I think they just went went to make something that looks kind of antiquey. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's many iterations before even the chairs we see in Enterprise. Yeah, but it also looks a little more Star Trek-y because it doesn't look like Apple designed it. <laughs> it looks not at all comfy. It looks not like it really. would actually hurt to sit. This could be a Klingon chair because it looks like it hurts to sit on it. Yeah, yeah. That said, the way she's sitting confirms it for me. Is Jada, Jada must be bisexual because... <laughs> That is not, that's not how we sit in a captain's chair. How Jayla sits in a captain's chair. Well, it's, chair. it's, it's how I would sit in it, but. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fuck the rest of the Kelvin movies. Let's look at the chairs that we see in Discovery, because the aesthetic has changed. Oh my god, they're real teeny very, tiny. Very that one much. actually looks like a joystick. Like, that looks like the thing you used to play Pong with. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, so this you're is right. the Shenzhou chair, which, very shiny, too. Shenzhou chair? Yeah, you know, it's like it harkens back to the sort of the gray panels on Kirk's original chair, except they can make it look a little bit more like chrome than they could in the 60s. I don't uh, think it was supposed to was it supposed to be chrome. It looked white, I thought. I just thought it was kind of gray, wasn't well, it? We'll see it. We'll see again in a minute. I, well, we'll we'll compare notes. Yeah. But yeah. No, it has that sort of very bulky TOS look. It doesn't look like they just took it out of a race car or bought it at Staples and added some extra gugaws, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I like the kind of honeycomb shape that it gives you. Yeah, yeah, that it's is good what it shape. is. Yeah. yeah, solid chair. I will say, I think there's a line somewhere in Discovery about Captain Giorgio and how she used to use, like, use her armrests or something to feel comfy or something like that when she was feeling anxious. There's a little bump due to a manufacturing flaw. Yeah, but when you actually look at this chair, it that line works on the Discovery chair, but not the Shenzhou chair. Mm. Because if we move forward and look at the chair on the Discovery, it's got that little, it's got, the, the armrests have a lip. Yeah, yeah. So I think someone f done fucked up. I do like that chair, though. It's very, you know. Again, no, I it's don't like know. Kind of TOS with money. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely it definitely harkens back to Kirk's chair. Like the profile view. Yeah. Big arms. And again, you feel like this was mostly built, not just we modified something from an office supply store. Oh, like the rest of Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which again, I know I recognize that even the original Kirk chair was probably an office supply store, just office chairs had a different aesthetic in the 60s. Oh, but yeah, at least we put, mentioned that last week. Yeah, they put enough stuff on it that it still looked unique. <laughs> Whereas a lot of the other ones, it's just kind of like, I think I could probably find that model if I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it probably helps that Discovery has a shitload of money. So much money. To the other Too shows. much money. I feel All like it has money. more money than some of the fucking movies did. Even adjusted for inflation. Well, that's because Discovery thinks it's a movie. Wait, is that Michael sitting in the chair? Who's in the chair on the top left? No, that's... Yeah, that's, that's oh, also Isaac's. bisexual or Isaac chaotic. I always forget chaotic bisexual. <laughs> yeah, I like chaotic. the pose. 
His his barefoot posing chair was. I, I want to tickle his little feet. I don't know what he's doing, but that is a that is a great. It must have been a publicity shot, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also in the Discovery see oh, a new God. Enterprise chair, which I I assume we're going to see the same chair in Strange New World. Strange New World is coming out pretty soon, as of where we are we're at in the current timeline now. But I assume it yeah. will be at least similar. And I think I think it's a white kind of nestled area. I don't yeah. think it's ever supposed to be like chrome looking. Yeah. Well, like I said, in the original, I don't think it was chrome, but I do think it was gray. Here, well, it's definitely closer to white. I like it. When we it. get back to our screen that has all the chairs on it, we'll look. But I think it's white. Mm. Because I think the chair that they pick in, that they create in Discovery for the throwback chair, has a very similar look, but kind of yeah. like a a look with money. Yeah, well, the main difference seems, uh, it looks a lot like the original. The main difference seems to be they've added some additional wood paneling to the outside as well. I like the wood paneling. It looks yeah, really it's very nice with the wood panel. Yeah, paneling. no, it looks, it looks fucking great. I like the extra, um, the, the little, little bit more angle on the armrests also makes it look like real classy. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember, we'll have to see when we get there. I don't remember if Kirk's chair had the padding on the inside of the arms as well. Oh, good question. Uh, I, don't I don't remember, know. so we'll have to look. Yeah, we'll compare. I mean, I'm sure our our listeners who are watching this on watching along on the blog as we discuss this are saying like, "You guys don't remember at all what Kirk's chair looked like, do you?" <laughs> but yeah, uh, but we'll a, get to that in a sec. Well, at it's least a classic, in case, they would be right. <laughs> it's a classic tweaked just a little, not completely redesigned like in the Kelvin timeline. Exactly. Yeah. Like so much of what they did with the Enterprise in discovery like the uniforms the the look all of that it's like this is what i'd wanted from the kelvin timeline uh-huh. it's like a little more money slightly redesigned so it looks like it's not made of cardboard and christmas lights it looks more like what they would have done in the 60s if they had this money and this technology technology not yeah. like the the kelvin movies where they just redesigned it from the get-go yeah exactly Chopped off Uhura's sleeves like fucking pricks. Yes. All right, I'm going to move forward, though, because we're almost to the end of the chairs that I have pictures of. Uh, I know we see the La Sirena chair. Tough to get a good screen grab of it because, goddamn, yeah. modern fucking Trek is so darkly lit that it's fucking impossible to get photos of anything. Oh, wow. Yeah, that one, especially, like, less from oh, the... It's like a car. Yeah, yeah it looks like and it looks inflatable. It like it looks like the back, or the headrest is just inflatable. One thing bit. that I don't like that at all. One thing that's not clear from these photos, which I never even noticed in the show, but that I saw a picture of at some point ages ago. Uh, the headrest actually also has the like the little mermaid badge design, kind of embossed into that little leather mm. circle. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah, but I yeah, know the one the the picture in the middle here is. A screen grab from the season two trailer. Oh, okay. So you can't see it, but the mermaid logo is gone, and it's whatever the new logo is for season two. Ah. Uh. Which people on the internet were like, "Oh, we have to dissect everything from the trailers." Weebs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, this is coming from you, Jake. <laughs> I think I think this kind of makes sense in context, though, right? Because he's kind of he's like a. The ship, it's like a like a cargo ship, kind of, right? It's like a probably higher mass produced. Well, also just like if you've ever seen like a, a long haul trucker, 
Mm. They have big cushy chairs like this because they have to sit in them. Yeah, true. They're so fucking. And so they put kind of... nice blow up headrests back there so that they can be comfy. <clears throat> yeah. I bet that didn't come with the original those, like, thing. None of those like beaded things that you see oh, in taxi cabs. No. Oh yeah, he does. He just it's not there right now. Yeah, it it does. Set, like I feel like this does look again like we bought a car chair and just added some extra crap. Like we've we've regressed a little to a less bespoke looking chair, even though for all I know this thing is completely bespoke. Hmm. Yeah, it's hey, funny because you can see in context. You can see it in the angle from the back that it's got a lot of weird bullshit on the back of it. Yeah, yeah. Which That's is the interesting. Feature. Ooh, mm. damn well better be. Ah, uh, there you go. That's pretty nice. I like that. I want that chair now. I will no, say it does if, look only comfy. if we can have him in it as well. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I know you guys haven't watched Lower Decks, but I have a couple chairs from Lower Decks to show you guys. The first is from the Cerritos, which is the main ship in Lower Decks, and it looks like a fucking Lego. Yeah, it's boring. It doesn't look comfortable. But I get it, it's animation, you can't make it too complex oh, or detailed. Oh, but we see or... other chairs. I have other chairs from Lower Decks to show you guys, and they all look like actual good Star Trek chairs. Oh, goddammit. While this thing looks like a toy. It looks like shit. I don't like it. I don't like the color. We see another California-class ship, and the only difference between the chairs is uh, the color of... Uh, the, the, it's kind of like a... An eye? <laughs> oh, wait, no, I mean, it's, it's still the same shape, but it's a different color of this... Yeah. Um, what would you even call this? Like a light maroon-ish color? Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. color can change ship by ship, but... Okay. Otherwise, it is so not an interesting chair at all. Not at all. I don't like it. It also looks weirdly low to the ground in that one picture, even though in the next one it seems to be tall enough that you can sit in it like a normal person. I don't know. I, I, don't, do they... I don't pretend to understand dimensions of people. True. What, what else are they giving us in this show? All right. Well, let's look at the Titan chair, because we do see the uh, Riker captaining the Titan, and it looks like a Star Trek chair. Yeah, it does. It's got that. It's a little like the Shenzhou chair, where it's kind of got that yeah. hexagon shape. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, in the in the context of the show, the idea is that the Cerritos is like a, you know, a B tier ship. True. Uh, and, okay. You know, and whereas the Titan is, you know, the flagship. You know. That's and true. So the flagship gets all the nice add-ons. Looks like the whole yeah. front could be an Elkar's display if it wanted, though. I don't know mm. what use a display behind your calves is. Uh, massage feature. Fair enough. Accidentally. Jettisoning Finny yeah. with you your go. calves. Fucking Finny. He knows what he did. <laughs> yeah, I I think this is actually a pretty good example of a chair in animated form. So I yeah. give the Laura Dex team some credit for this chair. That's much better. Uh, we see one more chair, and that's the Archimedes chair, uh, captained by Sonia Gomez. Spoilers. Uh, oh, nice. Huh. Very clearly, like, movies one through six inspired. A little bit, yeah. It's got that... Very padded, kind of off, like a nice office chair, like like fucking Jake would have or something. Yeah. So he could balance his checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see that there's the Jettison Finney buttons are on, these, on the arms. I, I always look out for those because I feel like the Voyagers doesn't have those. Well, yeah, no, because they've got the like one big ass panel between the chairs. Although on, on her chair, it's the spill hot chocolate button. Hey. Yes, yes. Did they get her actor to do the voice? They did. Yeah, She's not nice. very good. 
I remember being very distracted in that episode, being like, oh, honey, I'm glad they got you, but oof. Good chair, though. Mm -hmm. All right, the last ship I want to show you guys, I'm thoroughly enjoying Star Trek Prodigy so far. We finally caught up. Oh, it's... I think right now we're at the mid-season break, because their season's actually going to be like 20-something episodes long. Yeah, but there's, yeah, I think this break's going to be longer than the first yeah. one was. Whatever's yeah, so available now, we've watched it all. Yes. Yeah, so it's like a season broken into quarters. Yeah. I kind of like that, though. It. I, um, I do love that they actually built they did. the chair for promotional purposes. It looks really comfy. I don't know it if does. I I don't know if it really looks like a captain's chair as much as it just looks like a comfy chair to have in your study. Yeah, it looks like a beanbag chair. A little bit cuz it's so low and wide. And, and like you, you ever have seen to lean back. You know what it reminds me of? You know how they make those chairs that are like yoga ball or whatever chairs, you know those Maybe they're not called yoga balls, but you know the big inflatable like oh, exercise balls. balls? Yeah, 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 but it actually has like a frame around mm-hmm. it, so it actually becomes a chair. It kind of yep. reminds me of that. One of my old coworkers had one of those. It looks to me a little like if you opened up a Polly Pocket. <laughs> yeah, it does. Ah, I love Polly Pocket, and also <laughs> yeah, that reference. Yeah, hey. but I mean, you know, it does kind of get to the fact that just like so much of that ship's design seems to be like. Whoever designed it, it's like they was given leeway to go a little nuts, so they went a little nuts with the chair, too. You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. But there is yeah. certainly, there's some arm panels, there's a uh, mm-hmm. scalloped back. Can you jettison that bitch? Oh. You can jettison all the bitches. Definitely. Nice. Yeah, it does so look like a seashell judgment. back there. You're right, yeah. Ames, and that is a classic Polly Pocket shape. Now, the chap on the right, that's actually the voice of Del, right? Yes, Dal. Dal. Uh, and is that I woman haven't learned anyone? all the characters' names. Yeah, this is Rock. Oh, okay. I was going to say, there's Rock Doll and Rock, Zero, Quinn, Jacob, Pog or something. It's uh, Jacob. Jankalum. Jacob, and, and then Jankalum. Murphy. Murph. Murph. And then, uh... Wow, so Rock's voice actor is actually genuinely quite young. Holy shit. Is that everybody? I've Janeway. lost track of who you've said. Oh, so. yeah, Janeway. No shit. Yeah, I knew that one. I think that's right. I think I got him. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's got people sitting on it both times. So you can't see it super great, but... It translated into a real chair, so well done. Yeah, yeah I would like cool to chair. have that chair. Yeah, it's a really neat shape. I, I'll, it is. I, I don't know. I, I'm still not sold on the captain's chair shape of it, but I do like that, like its shape, just in principle of the thing. Well, I feel yeah. like if you could flatten it all the way out, it'd be like the coolest day bed ever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it has like an adjustable back. It might. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to put them all on the screen together again. Uh, and now that we can see it, I still do think the original Enterprise chair is surrounded in a white box. That's it's, gray. That, that is, it looks that white. Is, it is on a white background, and it is not the same color. Well, it's because it's in shadow. No, it's 100% gray. I disagree. Then why wouldn't they make the Pike version gray? They made it just... It's, it's, it is also gray. It's just a lighter shade. <laughs> Okay, cool. All right, so we're looking at all the chairs. There are so many, like, gamer chairs, like Caitlin mm-hmm. said in here. Like, it's really kind of funny. And a lot of just repurposed chairs uh, that I'm sure they just swiped out of cars. Yeah. I have literally never looked at these aside from during this right now, and I think that my favorite is definitely going to be the uh, Prodigy chair just because it is the most believably a built-from-scratch, real-life thing that they shoved somewhere that they didn't just pull out of you know, 
Did anybody else ever go to Chunky's growing up? It's like a no. So there's a before before uh, movie theaters actually just had like big nice reclining seats and shit. There was a chain, or maybe it was just the one. Either maybe it was just an independent thing. Either way, there was a place called Chunky's, and you'd go see movies, and all of the chairs were literally chairs ripped out of cars. Huh. And they all reclined, ah, oh, and, it fucking, and it was that's fucking, it was fucking sick. As a kid, that was like wicked cool. Was to go to Chunkies. That was like a birthday party. If you weren't going to the bowling alley, you were going to Chunkies, and it was fucking awesome. Nice. Life was way easier when we were like ten years old, man. In some ways, but yeah, I think my favorite is gonna go to Prodigy just because it is like the most unique while yeah. stretching the boundaries of what is chair. Exactly. I I also give them credit for having made that physical and in existence yeah. chair because you can say all day long like yeah it looks great in an animation but you know you can do whatever you can do whatever the fuck you want with animation because it doesn't have to bend to the rules of reality yeah i want it in my house like i really like that chair it's and again but again like bonus points if i can fold it all the way out and sleep on it <laughs> uh, it kind of needs a footrest that's fine maybe uh that maybe center pops piece out. pops out we yeah. don't know mm-hmm Though if it had a footrest, it would become very, even more gamer cherry, especially if it pops out of the bottom, because that's exactly what Chris's gamer chair has. It has a little recessed, like, footrest footrest thing that you can slide out (laughs) at will. And it is the most uncomfortable fucking thing ever. Oh, no. I don't I mean, I don't like it. Do you like it? The footrest? No, I never use it. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. The rest of the chair is good, but. Yeah, the rest of the chair is quite good. Well, at least it was before Barnabas destroyed it. Good kitty. How are you feeling, Jake? Uh, I think I'm having a hard time with top. I'm thinking I'm going to give it to the Defiant chair because, you know, it it looks relatively comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's not over the top, spacey or or weird. It doesn't have random holes in it. Sure. That one. And it's practical, especially when we get to the point where there's, you know, little control panels and stuff near it. Yeah, um, I like the fact that it has those control panels because I feel like most of the chairs don't have enough that the captain can have. Yeah. Yeah, I think, oh, it's, I, think it's, I think it looks like it mixes a good amount of practicality and comfort. I like it. I am torn between TOS, Disco Enterprise, and Strange Protostar. Oh, shit. Mm. You like you like white accents, huh? Yeah, I like a nice or light gray accents, whatever a, they are. <laughs> a nice bulky ash chair. Um, a nice bulky ass chair. <laughs> Would it I help guess... you if I said that my favorite's gonna go to Pike's chair at Discovery because it is so perfect for that ship, and it's it's not just a just a chair; it's an actual like envisioning of a future captain's chair. Yeah. And it's where Captain Daddy Pike sits. Oh, it does look like Kirk's has the, might have the padding inside the armrest as well. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna give it to to Disco Enterprise. I do quite like the Prodigy one, but it's a little weirdly wide. As it's one like, that's eh, strange. <laughs> I know. I couldn't. I couldn't find a good screen grab of it, and I didn't want to just rewatch the whole show again. Even though I probably will at some point to find Listen, out. Listen, it, it was made for Chakotay, and Aha. it's little known that after he got home from, from being in the Delta Quadrant, he pigged out a lot. Actually, what it does is it uh, he, he's gone vegetarian, and all those pads absorb his vegetarian farts. Oh. Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Least favorite is easy for me. Me too. 
because yeah, me too. Jesus Christ, fuck the twalk chair. The twalk then search for Spock chair. Oh, that's not that. See, that's not the one I'm going with. Oh, Cerritos. I really dislike this one, but, but it's close. Yeah, no, Cerritos for me. It sucks. Which one is Cerritos? Oh, the yeah, one, that one does the one suck. in lower decks, the main lower decks ship. Especially knowing they could have done better makes me hate it even what more. What about? What about this ugly thing? That is the Enterprise E chair. Yeah, well, fuck that chair. You don't I don't like, like the, the I don't like the hole in the back. The hole I don't in know the why back, it's I don't there. Like, like, what is that? A fucking glory hole? Get out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to Excelsior NX Excelsior chair. Oh, with the oh, with yeah, the little with the little it, roller coaster bars that come down and hold you in place. Because it because a it doesn't look comfortable. It's like on this little spindly base. It just it looks cheap and yeah and the armrests that swing in and, and yeah I hate it. Oh, I like that we all had different answers. I I just like I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think if not for the Cerritos chair, it probably would have gone to one of the movie chairs because they are all super boring and uninteresting. No, like these things. Uh, sorry, no, like the one through six movie chairs. Oh I should say. yeah. Just yeah, I like, really don't like the twalk one just because the the, the seashell <laughs> shape looks really awkward. Mm. The arms aren't really arms. They're just those leg holders. Yeah, like they're... The color those, is bad. Those definitely were, uh, you know, until we got to the Cerritos, I was like, it's probably going to be one of the TOS movie chairs. And then that thing popped up and I was like, never mind. No, Dimitri. <laughs> so really it made my life easier because I didn't have to figure out which of them was the worst. Because they're all bad in their own special way. I want to give a little bit of extra point to the Excelsior from uh, from Sulu's ship because of the nice blue. That's true. Oh, the, yeah. I cannot decry that's a great shade of blue. And I was going to give an honorable mention to Captain Pike's chair, but you already did that, aim, so I don't have to. Yeah. yeah. But any any chair that cups the bottom of Captain Daddy Pike is a okay <laughs> with chair me. Chair that cups my balls. No, that's a weird shaped chair. No, I any... cup the balls. He it cup the chair cups his butt. Any chair in a storm. Any chair in a storm. Oh, wow. Dimitri guesting. Hello. Hi, Dimi. Oh, Hi, handsome. pretty boy. Are you a handsome boy, D? All right. You going to jake us out? I'm going to jake us out. Yeah, so this has been our chair discussion. It has been very exciting in that it makes me want to sit down a whole lot. Well, <laughs> that's what we've been doing this whole next time. Week, so. Next week, more sitting down because ne- next week I've, I'm collecting all the alien chairs, Ooh. some of which are really cool, some of which are the same chair week by week by week, <laughs> race by race by race. Shock. So we're going to see a lot of those next week. Other things we're doing next week includes more Talking Voyager. <gasps> what? Kel surprise. I know, right? So there's two more episodes we're covering then. They're going to be episodes Deadlock and Innocence. Ooh. So check us out next week for that. Meantime, you can listen to any other episodes that aren't those two episodes that haven't come out yet anywhere on our SoundCloud page or any other podcast application that you like. You can friend us on the Facebook. You can friend us on the Twitter. Definitely make sure you're following our Tumblr because that's where you can see all these chairs and where you can see all the other blog activities that we've been putting together. I've been having a lot of fun doing that stuff with you. I hope you all are enjoying it. Absolutely. And we're going to do some more next week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. And this is always Chris. Sit down, everyone. Sit. That's Sit it. the fuck down. Sit down.